Hey, y'all. Last week, we introduced our collaboration with Neo U Fitness, and we are so excited that you've been loving it. So once again, Neo U is this digital fitness platform where you can stream all types of workouts, live or on demand, from incredible instructors on any of your devices. That's an iOS, Android, Apple TV, Amazon Fire, and the web. The app has over 40 different concepts, including the Vixen workout, which is all about empowering sexy dances, con body, a boot camp type workout developed by Coast Marte while doing his time in the big house, yoga, boxing, pre and postnatal, and much, much more. There's no equipment required, and all you have to do is sign up on their website at neoufitness.com. That's N-E-O-U-Fitness.com to receive one month free, but you have to enter in our code NEIGHBOR602. And the coupon code only works on their website. You can find the link to their website on all of our social media. Thanks, guys. We hope you enjoy. With audiences and listeners spanning over 2 million worldwide, Tiff McPherce is the first woman, an African-American woman, to become the resident DJ for the NBA's New York Knicks and WNBA's New York Liberty at Madison Square Garden. She's a true female force to be reckoned with in the DJ world, using her curated sound and personality to attract big-name brands like Seagram's, Sirius, and Gap. She's an all-around badass woman, and we are ecstatic to have you here today. Tiff McPherce, everyone. Yes. That was good. Thank you. <laughs> it took me a few times when we got there. So I met Tiff at a Shape event. I walked in. Brittany had something going on that night, and so she sent me alone to an event, which is definitely not my strong suit. She hates it. And I went by myself, and I walked in, and I kind of scanned the room, and I immediately, my eye was drawn to you, and I looked, and I was like, that's the person I want to know. Oh. You're an energy shifter. You are a giant bright light. Like, you take control of the room. It's a star quality that you can't learn. I receive that like I receive that so much like my palms are like up as you're saying this so I could take this all in like thank you so much I really really hope that that's what I bring to people through whatever I'm doing and it means a lot to me for me to be here it means a lot for you guys to have me it just I'm very 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 humbled by that thank you so much we cry a lot. Yeah, I know. So I was ready. trying not to cry. <laughs> We're just getting started, too. Yeah. So looking at your social media and all the stuff online about you, you come off as one of the most authentic people we've ever seen. God, you guys are like, I, like, like go in if them. ever I needed to believe in myself, it's like right now you're like, do it. Yes. That's we see you. Know. Thank you. So what we want to know is, who is Tiff McPherce? Damn, I haven't answered that in a while. Wow. Um, Little backstory. Well, I'm from the Bronx, New York. That's where I'm from. BX stand up. My parents are Jamaican, so I come from a Jamaican background. My mom and my dad were born in Jamaica. I've been dancing since I was four. I turn 33 soon, April 1st. And I have always loved dance. I've always loved music. It's always been something that's been so close to my heart. My mom um, tells a story how I walked before I was one, but she was like, I always had rhythm Mm -hmm. and I would always bounce to the beat and like hum melodies and like I'd be one, two years old and like picking up melodies and dancing. And then when I, you know, when I was walking like fully, I was just dancing all the time. Mm -hmm. So like music has always been my thing. I, I can 
listen to music. I don't even need to watch TV. I just need like music and a book. Always on. Yeah, yeah. Except when I'm DJing a lot. I ha- I need breaks from I that. I understand that. Because yeah, it's say, so like, much Sonic. to take mm-hmm. it down yeah. a notch. Too. Yeah, but I need like if I don't listen to music for like a full day, I'm like, oh, I didn't listen to music for a day. Wow. You so can I have feel to, it. Yeah, so I need to listen to music. So that's a big part of my life. Dance was a huge, huge part of my life. I danced professionally up until about two or three years ago. I've danced in Spain. I've danced in London. I've danced for artists. I've danced for record labels. I've danced music videos, stage shows. That was my thing. I wanted to be the next Tina Landon. I wanted to choreograph everything for Janet and be the creative director and the lighting. And I really wanted to be that. Um, But I also knew I wanted to DJ since I was nine years old. I was wondering well, if you always knew. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like how you made that shift too, or it was like always ingrained within you. Yeah. I, I remember seeing what you're saying about me and, and it's so humbling because I remember seeing DJs do that and thinking that about them. Mm. So I remember seeing DJs shift the whole room and being a young girl and saying, and like a young girl, my aunt's like 20 something birthday party held in my Nana's house. I would never forget it in the hallway. And like they changed the light. So it was blue and she had like a crinoline dress. And like, I never forget this. And the DJ was there and the speakers were stacked on top of each other. This is like nineties, um, 90, 89 or 90. I had to be like three or four. I'd never forget the memory. And I was like, I want to do that. I never forget that memory. It's so crazy how that sticks in my mind. Do you remember the DJ? I don't remember the DJ. Oh, we got to find yeah. that DJ. Yeah. We got to yeah. find that DJ. I don't re- but I do have like DJs in my life that I've met before, watched them when I was little that really inspired me. Like Coco Chanel was really one of my big inspirations. Kid Capri, he's from the, the same neighborhood as me. Red Alert, I really always loved his style and like how smooth he was. So I knew I wanted to do it. And I love that they could take control of the room, but it wasn't in like this like, lower vibrational manipulative way it was just like oh you can make everybody have fun and you're in charge of that I call it a curator of experience that's exactly what I am you are at this point in my life I'm comfortable with saying that that is what I do I fully am a vibe and you can come and experience that and when you do this are you are you feeling the energy of the room and Mm -hmm. then deciding where they need to go and how you're going to manipulate in the kindest way manipulate to a higher vibration yeah of course because I think that what with music and what I do it's I'm bringing you into yourself it's not even so much that I'm bringing you into me I'm bringing you into you and sometimes I know in my life I've needed it you need a little guidance to get to you And you think you might want to hear one thing, but I listen to this music all the time. So I'm like, "Eh, this might not be the thing you need to hear right now. I always feel like I have to read the crowd. I never go in with a set playlist like ever unless my client says I need this song played. You know, certain people ask for certain things, but I'm also at the point in my career where no one asks me for anything. As someone who is able to read the room like that, was that something you did emotionally as a child too? Do you know what I mean? Like in the way that probably with your family and friends, you probably read the room and gave them what they needed. I feel like I started to do that in like my 20s. I feel like I always had that gift. I think that I wasn't always aware of 
it or that it was um, a good thing. I do feel like I can always feel things, too. I can feel other people's emotions. I've always felt that way since I was a teenager. Like, I can feel... You're an empath. What's it? Yeah. And, I, and I've also... It's funny because I've also had to learn how to not let that affect me. So that's, like, where I'm at right now with being very careful of the words I call myself, being very careful of, of what I say, because even to say empath, I'm like, oh, I know what that entails. I understand that. It takes on so much. So I've always kind of done it. And then it's funny, even sitting here full is a full circle moment because that is what I was destined to do. I like, I'm just doing this through music. That's just the medium that I'm doing and dance. That was just the mediums, but there's something else. It's, it's crazy. You're in the next level of elevation, right? Where you're mm-hmm. learning how to own your gifts, yes. but also protect yourself within that. Yes. That's so difficult to do. Yeah. It's so difficult because it's like you want to use, you want to utilize yourself, which is the biggest tool you have. And you want to use your gifts and you want to give them out. But boundaries are everything. Right. You boundaries are them. everything you yeah have to set them and do you, you feel have like to follow them our 30s are really about our boundaries oh yes absolutely yeah absolutely it's doing things for ourselves to learning how to say no yeah we've yes. talked about a lot with no explanation yeah we, we don't have to That's just really like no thank you I know. yeah i no, literally <laughs> I, my my new phrase that i've always thought was the weirdest thing and now i love it is like i respectfully decline and i always thought that was like Oh, that's kind of shady. Like you don't like respectfully decline. And now in my thirties, I'm like, oh, I totally get that. It's yeah. not. It's like I I would if I could, but I cannot, mm-hmm. and I can't give you any more of an explanation for that. My sister gave me a great piece of advice the other day. Sorry, I'm going to share this on a side yeah. note. She said when I said about an event that somebody asked me to do or a dinner or something, I said, you know, I just can't this week. Mm-hmm. And she goes, No, 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 you can. She said but your priorities are elsewhere this week. Yeah. And so I've started to respond to people and say, thank you so much. This week, my priorities are really on my sleep. Ooh, I'm going to use that one. And people really respect it. <laughs> You've used sleep as saying that? Yeah. Wow. My priority is really on my work this week. I yeah. love it. Yeah. I love it. Right? A great way to shift For that. For me, yeah. work, is, work is like, is the excuse too, because mm-hmm. if you're driving your career forward, if you're driving to where you're going, like, your schedule right now with the Knicks, like you're committed yeah. for how many days? It's like there's that and then there's everything outside of that too. So there's games that I'm splitting and then there's other stuff that I'm doing. Of course. So it's like I have to pick and choose what where I'm at. Even with my family, you know, I feel really bad sometimes because I've made the choice to live this life. Of course. This is the life I'm living right now. And, and that's something I've been saying in my 30s as well, too. Instead of like, I have to do this. This mm. is what I have to do. No, I made the choice to do this. Of course. This is where I'm at right now. Like, it's grind time. It's, it's, and it's more of like not even just the grind, align time. Like, I'm aligning with things, with you things know? things you want to do and things you want to put forward. Yeah. And then from now, we want to know, you were dancing up until two years ago, you mm-hmm. said. Yeah, about Pretty- like two, three. I think it's more like three now. Okay. Yeah. And so then how did that go from dancing full time mm-hmm. and then moving into this residency gig mm-hmm. and like kind of focusing more on DJing? Like how was that transition? I've been DJing about like eight years. Okay. So what I didn't tell anyone was when I was learning to DJ. I just did another podcast with a friend of mine and I have like other friends that I've been seeing just randomly and they'll just hit me up and be like, I remember when it was like 2012 and I told some of my close friends, like, listen, I've been learning how to DJ a little bit for like the past year. So I'm just letting you know that that's going to happen. 
and they were like, I remember you saying, and don't tell anybody. You didn't want anyone to know? I didn't want anyone to know. Were you protecting it? Yeah. I just, and also I just come from the era, like we're all of that age where it's just like, you just do your work and you do what you have to do in silence. Not to be shady, but it's like, you don't even know what's going to happen. But were you nervous that you weren't going to be good or it was like that too. Okay. Yeah. That too. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, because I'm starting to that get too. more of your personality and I know you're an yeah. extremely hard yeah. worker. Yeah. And I know you're an Aries now. So <laughs> I know you put a lot into your work. It's like, if so it's you, not right, I can't even tell you what I just did. I'm like, I used to be like that. I'm working on that too. Yep. Same. Same. <laughs> but it was just like, I just also wanted to put all my focus and I didn't want anyone to know so that I could perfect it. Like, I wanted to be able to be, like, the people that I mentioned that I admired so much, and I wanted to sound like that, and I wanted to be like that. So I didn't want to say it before I was it. Like, I'm really like that. It's a gift and a little bit of a curse because I will not say I'm anything until I've put, like, the 10,000 hours in. So did you reach a level of confidence, and then you were able to go, guys, I've been doing this. I'm going to start putting myself out there. What was that change for you? People had to tell me. So I had met DJs that said it to me that were just like, okay, like you need to now say you're a DJ at this point and it's cool. You sound good. You are strong in these suits. You need to practice in these other suits. But like, these are DJs that have been DJing like 13 years, 15 years. And they were just like, you got to stop like not telling people, but you had the confidence to share with them. Yeah. Because I knew that they had the knowledge. So I wanted them to hear what I was doing and then give me pointers because I had like taught myself up until a certain point. And then there were people around me that I just walked up to them and I was just like, Hey, I would love for you to help me practice because I don't really know about this or this or this. And that just came like you had that confidence to approach them or like walk us through that. Because that takes a lot for people to approach someone that they admire, that they've looked up to and just giving some advice to some of our listeners out there, too. How did you do it? I, You know what's funny? And people ask me this, too. Like, they'll ask me, how do I do this? How do I do that? I would say that if you're looking for advice on something, make sure you've done the groundwork yourself. Make sure you've looked up as much as you can. And this is now 2019, so you can look up pretty much everything. We will find you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, like, make sure that you've already done the basics you taught yourself the basics if it's something like DJing you know what literally two turntables and a mixer are and you looked at how to hook them up if you don't physically have you know that knowledge to then you looked up different controllers then you asked looked up what do DJs play on what software like things like that are the things that make people want to help you because you're helping yourself and I would say that that's what you need to do you need to be like in it for yourself. You need to really say, I'm going to look this up and then say, okay, I'm a little bit lost right here. Could you help me maybe with this? And once you show people that you're you're willing to do it, people will help you. That's yeah. really good advice. But this sort of confidence that you have, is that something that's learned for you or is that just something you've always had? You know what's funny? I definitely always had this. I just didn't know how to use this. I didn't understand what this was. I didn't, you know, because also when you're confident, people tell you things like you're bossy and you're, you know, they yeah, tell you get put down. Yeah. all yeah, the things. You're a boss, mm-hmm. you're a bitch. Especially mm-hmm. as a woman yes, that's yes. confident. You literally, it's like I'm pushy because I'm asking for something that I that I already emailed you, so you know I want that. <laughs> like, <laughs> Why do I have to ask again? It's literally in the email. Like, <laughs> see, yeah. 
<laughs> scroll down below. Exactly. Scroll up. Per our last email. <laughs> so it's just like, for a while, I struggled with how I presented myself. I struggled with the parts of me that didn't know how to um, communicate. And I was just like, okay, well, maybe I need to learn how to be quiet. And I tried my whole life almost essentially, like from high school, I would say, up until like mid-20s to try to quiet myself. And now it's just like, no, I can I can speak. This is like, I'm not doing this anymore. So I've always that. had that confidence, but I just needed to understand that it was a good thing and to take it into myself and be okay with it. And own it. And yeah. own it, yeah. And really own it. Well, I get that so much. And it's also like, when you go to these events, when some of these big brand names are hiring you, they're hiring you for your skill, but they're also hiring you for how you present yourself, how you come there, how you act there, yeah. your exchanges in between, yeah, for emails, sure. this and that. For sure. I don't know if you have someone also helping you with that too, but it's like, it really comes down to you yeah. in essence. And yeah. it's like, they're not going to hire you back again if you show up and you're rude and you're this and yeah. you're that. So it's, it's really, it encompasses everything. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, it goes to show, obviously, you've gotten these, you know, these people have come back and come back again. Yeah. So you've Thank learned God. it. Yes. <laughs> it's funny, it's, though. I actually talk about this a lot in class. It's like, I remember being young and I remember having the feeling of like, I'm too much. Oh, God. I'm that just was too much. Me. Yo, I've, I've had that, too. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. That was me. Whew, that was me. I would even say. Up until the time I was like 27. Same. Like 27 is when I really had to look around and and, and say like to myself, you are going to have to either learn to accept and like yourself or you got to like do something else. So I was just like, if you see yourself being someone to change the trajectory in your life, change the trajectory in my family to be the one that possibly can have my grandkids, grandkids be wealthy. If I see myself changing my own actions that help humans and doing all that other stuff, then I have to like myself. I, I can't even I can't even start to love myself if I don't even accept myself or like myself. So if I'm too much, then that's cool. Like somebody's not enough. It's not my problem. You yeah. know, that's not. Yeah, it's just not my problem. What anyone else thinks of me. And I had that problem for so long. It's your duty, right? It's mm-hmm. your duty now to accept yourself and oh, start to share course. that gift. We talked about this a lot in the beginning episodes about just, you know, letting go of your ego mm, yeah, and letting go of all the things around you because you are who you are. Yeah, People are going to say what they're going to say. There's going to be many DJs that are going to say, well, tip is this, tip is that. Mm. You, know, I'm so, you know, she's not my type of DJ. Yeah. But... Guess what? You're plowing ahead. You're doing your thing successfully. Yeah. Successfully. And we're all about if people are going to talk, they're going to talk. Yeah. Whether it's you're doing well and excelling in a job wherever you are, whether it's making a new friend and bringing that into your friend circle, like you said, yeah. it's it's what it is. It's also about really accepting that. Yeah. Yeah. True to that. Even what you said, too, about just um, people are going to talk. It's what made me stop caring so much about what everybody else was doing around me. Because I'm like, there's somebody somewhere that's caring so much about what I'm doing and looking at my my gram or looking at my website and looking at this and you know, how she get that? How she do that? What like? And that was me at one point too, upset with myself, insecure with myself, you know, really just in a in a dark space and feeling like, oh, like how did they do this and why isn't it me? Especially in dance, and I had to learn like, 
that's their trajectory and their path. And I don't know anything about what they're facing. And especially when it comes to women, I just don't even want to do that to women anymore. We have enough against us already with somebody else thinking that we shouldn't even be in the room. So I don't really have any time to talk about why I don't like shorty from here and here and here because it's like that has nothing to do with me. Even if she's not my type of girl, like, I just don't have any time for that. We got to say laser focused. Right? Yeah. Laser focused on the walk up and understanding that we lift each other up. Yeah. One at a time. And it always comes back and we're always. all there for each other. Yeah. Comes back around too. Mm-hmm. Always Speaking of being a woman in the career you are in, we had a story that you told about walking into Madison Square Garden and you were like, I'm here. I'm the DJ. And they're like, are maybe you? it was another event. Oh, we don't know. It? Yeah, but it was one this event. Be, yeah, one event is. that you walked into, and you're the DJ, and someone didn't think that you were the DJ. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, tell me that. We didn't story. know that one because <laughs> one of our girls week. brought it up, and they were like, <laughs> "Oh my god, this story that she's amazing. I can't believe that you know, just incredible what she did." Tell our listeners what happened. I think this is her fashion week. So I was DJing with um another dj at the time and we were she invited me to do uh the blondes after party so i remember the actual venue was just like they just didn't know that i was the dj which is fine but i have a big book bag on like you know i said i was a dj whatever they just were treating me really poorly and that's happened more than once though like it's been at different venues in new york and they set up the equipment wrong and it was backwards, like the wires, the cables were backwards. So like, you know, the music is going backwards. So I'm just like, oh, okay, it's fine. I'll fix it. And they kind of were just like, oh, like you don't know what you're doing or whatever. And I fixed it, obviously, because it's not that hard. You don't know what you're doing. <laughs> I got it. Yeah. And they were just like really rude to me. And then I remember like at the time, the person coming in that I was DJing with like saying like, oh, what's what's up and I was telling her and she was just like oh this is whack and she was upset too and then I was like you know what it's fine and the minute that the client came in and was just like oh my god y'all like everyone changed like everything changed what do you want to drink like what do you need what do I needed you to be polite to me to begin with and that happens a lot as a woman as a woman and as a black woman even I walk into spaces and people just don't even know why I'm there because they feel like I shouldn't be in the space but it's like When everything goes away, guess what? I'm still a human being. Regardless, I'm never going to pull the card. Like, I'm never going to do it, even though sometimes I really want to do it. Like, who are you? But I'm just not going to because I know who I am. So at this point, if you don't know who I am, that's fine. But you still got to help me anyway. So can you grab that box and bring it over here? Yeah, bring the box (laughs) and I'll have a drink while you're at it. Exactly. Those appetizers, bring them as well. And and that's the part of like not being quiet anymore. Right. Yes. No, but that's amazing. And I respect that you held yourself Mm -hmm. there because you could have gone off. Yeah. Or retracted. Like, I used to really get, like, oh, this is, like, really bad, and I, I feel so bad, and I'm just going to be meek. Yeah. Like, no. Let it affect your whole night. Yeah, my whole night, yeah. my mm-hmm. entire night. And then I'm just like, oh, I should have said this, or I should have done this better, and now I'm just like, I don't really care about this. It's clear in talking with you. You got a little Oprah in you. <laughs> you got a little Oprah in you, and we see... You guys are, like, the best. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> We point, we see. You know what's funny? I literally just told, I have a web series that I'm working on um, called Medicine and the Food and Gina Fernandez, she produces it with me. And I told her I wanted to be like the Oprah slash Jay-Z of wellness. 
I don't. I, oh my that God. was my exact words. I like literally had a conversation about it and I was like, I'm trying to be the intersection of this and this is what I want to do. I love so that. Thank you for I that. I can't wait to see these. Okay. But so people are constantly <laughs> looking at you for advice. Yeah, they are. And we've, we've, yeah, we've noticed on your social media, like people are asking you questions. People are, are looking at you. They admire you. They look up to you. What messages are you really standing behind on your platform? Like on your social media, what is it that is your driving force? Or your mission somewhat. I feel like it is what we talked about, about acceptance of self. It's a lot of messy back and forth and uncovering things under the rug. And I feel like until you accept yourself, like there can be no start of not even a change, just coming back home to yourself. And that's the biggest thing. I feel like people look at each other and they're so quick to judge you on your social currency, how much money you have, what you look like. And the funny thing is, is I've been through all those things. I've had times where no one knew me where I walked into somewhere. And I have times where like people know me and I'm just like, oh, how do they even know me? I don't even understand this. I've had times when I've been broke, like so broke. And I've had times where I was just like, oh, this is my first uh, gig that I'm making this amount of money on that I, I, I manifested and wrote out. I've had times where I felt like my body was in the best shape. And I've had times even now where I'm just like, you know what? I have to make sure I'm healthy instead of it being like, I don't like the way I look. So there's like, you go through everything and you don't even know how the tide is going to turn. My mission is for people to stop looking at everybody through what you think they are. But you can only do that till you look at yourself. And the other mission I would say is to be yourself for sure. I think that that's also just important. Find out what that is and be that. That work of really getting to know yourself and uncover all of the things about yourself and really start to accept them. It's messy and complicated work, right? It takes a lot of courage and a lot of time and effort. Mm -hmm. How did you do that? Were you seeking therapy? Were you just really being incredibly self-aware? Were you talking to friends? What was your path? I feel like... My path was all of the shit that was happening before this. So like all of the feeling emotionally unstable, like I couldn't express myself. I didn't know how to holding a lot of things in, trying to hold a lot of things in depression. It's just like I feel like all of these things ended up at a spot where I was doing bits and pieces of the work. I feel like for the past, like definitely like nine, seven to nine years but I feel like now is when it's like the real work is starting to happen. For a long time, I blamed everything, everyone, every situation. I did nothing. And then I finally mustered up courage to try therapy a few times and I went in and out. Like I would go for like one or two times and be like, Ugh, I'm not doing this. I could do it myself. Like that's my biggest thing. I can do it myself. And then a couple years passed and I was just like, oh, girl, like you can't do it yourself. Like, it's OK. Like, no, you can't. Ask, you know, like asking for help. Take the help. Yeah. Like nothing has changed. How is this working out for you? Yo, I never forget. Somebody said that to me. I forget who that was. Might have been my friend Yvonne. Like we were talking about something. I forget who it was. And then they said, well, how's that working out for you? And I always remembered that phrase. And it just stuck in my brain and I kind of kept doing what I was doing. And then I went to therapy, I want to say about like two years ago for the first time, like for on a consistent basis or three years ago, actually. And I was like, OK, there's something to this. 
And I switched up how I was like meditating. I stopped trying to make it this thing of I don't know what I'm doing or I didn't do it correctly or I didn't do it the way I wanted to do it and like trying to figure out what that meant for me. So it was like meditation, therapy, a lot of self-awareness. I feel like for the past five years, it's been a lot of self-awareness, but it's also been like, are you ready for that self-awareness? Because I think we're, we all have those moments where it's like we're self-aware and then it's like you have the choice. We talked about this with Allison Charles, remember? Yeah. When Allison was on, she's a shaman and she spoke about this specifically about like you're getting calls. Mm-hmm. Things in life are starting to happen that are really breaking you open. But you have to be willing to say yes to it. Like mm. it can uproot your life. Yeah. Yeah. In the best way in the end. But that sifting process is always going to be uncomfortable and heavy. Yeah. 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 My favorite... um line from one of my favorite songs which is lifetime by maxwell says i was reborn when i was broken and like that's how he starts the song off and i'm just like every time i break open it's like oh this is yeah this is my birth this is like i'm coming to self again that coming home so i think it's just a combination of of a lot of things and the combination doesn't stop you're speaking to so many people right now. I can't even. I know people are in their car. They're like, oh my God, I got to pull over. Like, they're I having a moment. So many girls yeah. right now, they've been speaking to me about the same thing where so many changes are happening in mm-hmm. their lives. Mm-hmm. And they're like, what does this mean? What is Why is this happening? My whole career, everything else. And, and yeah, you're being, it's almost you're being reborn a little bit. You're taking yeah. that next step. Yeah. Speaking to that, in addition to your positivity and everything that you exude Thank from you. all of this work that you've been doing, of course, you've also been really open and honest about your struggle with diabetes mm-hmm. and your ability to reverse it or do the work. We want to take it back to like when you received this information, we've watched some of the videos on eating well what was that like for you, a dancer, to kind of hear this and your first thoughts? What went through your mind? It's funny because when I look back in hindsight, I could feel when I was getting sick. But I also was like really in the thick of binge eating and overeating. So a lot of my work had to be of uncovering why I did that because that started for me I want to say about like 23 but it never really came to a super head because I always had dance so when you're dancing seven days a week you gain some weight you lose it you gain some weight you lose it I never really was getting like sick and then once I stopped dancing I remember just like not really working out as much, kind of just being tired and just like, oh, you know, I'm going to take a break. Like, yeah, like I've been doing this for so long. My knees hurt, whatever. And I knew I could tell like something was happening. The symptoms starting to happen. I was really fatigued, always sleepy, using the bathroom a lot. Like my hands were swelling up, my feet were swelling up. And like, and I knew I was like, oh, I think I have diabetes. I was pre-diabetic for a little while. And my doctor At the time, she was like, you have to lose weight and or just you can't be eating like this. And then when it went to a head, I knew it. And I put off the doctor's appointment forever. I left the doctor. I went in a corner on the street where a scaffolding was like and the poles were there. And I went in a corner. I was trying to walk and I saw the corner and I just like broke down crying. So I went in the corner and cried for like five minutes and then I put myself together and I called my godmother and I told her and I was like and I knew this was gonna happen and I was like I'm disappointed because I put my back against the wall and I didn't want this to happen 
But I was also disappointed because I knew that I was just like sweeping some shit under the rug still. So it's one of those things back to the back and forth where I thought I was making all this progress. And then I was like, oh, no, you still have to uncover some stuff. Yeah. So it was the just, world gave you everything. You yeah. Needed. Yeah. It's tough. I mean, you really like shifted and yeah. like growing up dancing, doing it every single day. I get it. A lot of gymnasts are like that, too. Mm-hmm. I did competitive gymnastics for 15 so you know. years. So, you yeah. know, what it's, and like. it's like you lose your identity a little mm-hmm. bit if you're not in the gym five days a week. Yeah. Like, what's happening right now? Oh, I can eat everything. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, this yeah. is great. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just going to relax mm-hmm. and eat snacks after school yeah. and just go. And then I'm at, like, gigs, and they're just like, oh, do you want, like, this? Do you want a drink? you want this? Do you want that? And then clients were sending me at this time, like, clients were sending me cases of champagne to say thank you for things, and I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, okay, yeah, and, like, taking me to dinner, and it's like I'm not even really thinking. And it, it, you didn't have to th- really think about it before, did you? I I did have to think about it before, but I also feel like I started thinking about it from a soul level. And then I think the work got hard and I just said, fuck it. I don't want to do this right now. I'm done. I'm going all in. Yeah. For you, the binge eating. I mean, I struggled with that Mm -hmm. in my early 20s as well. Mm -hmm. And I had to do a lot of therapy, a lot of work to kind of like look at what was really going on for me in terms of addiction and what I was trying to uh, bury down. Oh, my God. Yes. Just bury it down. And that's the craziest thing when they said that to me. I wasn't even seeing my therapist at the time. She was gone for like a week. That's when I was being consistent. And she said, this is my colleague. You can see her for the one or two weeks I'm gone. And she said that. And I was like, this is what this is. The trying to be quiet shit. I was just going to. I was like, this makes sense to me. Don't say anything. Don't tell anybody what's going on with you. Figure it out yourself. Do it yourself. And like that is also something Being a black woman, I feel like I have to talk about this because we don't. We don't talk about this. It's one of those things that is like, you don't have that type of problem. Leave that alone. But no, I do because also black women also put ourselves in these spaces of we have to do it by ourselves, so let's just do it by ourselves. And then you find yourself trying to cope every type of way, and this is how you make yourself sick. But that was it. I was trying to like push things down and all these feelings and just different things and I just couldn't push them down anymore and so this situation of being diagnosed with type 2 diabetes yeah type 2 put you in a place where you had to step back and like completely decide to make all new choices yeah yeah my question is and revisit the new choices I made once I stopped making those you know like because I had made the choice and I wasn't fully committed to that I made the choice and I was doing it for a while and then the work got hard and harder and, and more difficult. And I was like, whatever. So I had to go back and revisit what would work for me. Do you think understanding the underlying motivation behind binge eating, mm-hmm. do you think that understanding what that was for you allowed you to make the choice to do something different? Because Absolutely. if you just like sweep it under the rug and say it's just a food thing, yeah. you can just make a new choice. Just uh-huh. eat a salad. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But that's not it because it's it's not about that. No, it's never about it's that. It's never about that. Because people that are successful like us too, it's never about that. It's never about just the choice. We've made the choice. You get up early, you stay up late to do your work, you do your work when you're tired. You go all around. You do everything you need to do. So if you're doing something like that, it's not about the choice. Because sometimes I would be like, maybe I'm just lazy now. Maybe it's just this. It's like, no, there's something way deeper, way deeper than that. So it does help to know what it is to then make a choice now and decide what you want to do on that. And then you had to 
change your eating. Mm-hmm. You had to really focus. And like, well, how did you start? Did you meet with someone and talk about this is what you need to do? Did you say, okay, I'm going to go back to what I was eating before? Like, how did you start? Did you Google? Yeah. Like what? what you like, know, I Google was, every day. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, so dangerous. Yeah, it's so bad. And we're like, Bevan's like, Google. I'm like, Alexa. Yo, you, you'll Google like, how do I change a tire and somehow go into the rabbit hole of, oh my God, I think I'm pregnant. Like, I definitely have cancer. Totally, I have cancer. Like, totally. You get stuck and you're like, where am I? Why am I here? Like, how Why? did I get here? I... I had a really good conversation with my godmother. My godmother, Tangie, is one of those people that she's just like really a staple in my life. And she told me this when I was a little girl. She told me always to look in my eyes in the mirror and talk to myself. And she told me that when I was young. And it always stuck with me. And I definitely went back to that. But like for real. And not in the sense of like talking at myself like talking with myself, like having a conversation with myself and also like making the decision to say things that other people told me to do too. I have a friend named Terrence that we've been friends since I was a kid. And I remember him telling me as an adult to do things like wrap my arms around myself and like give myself a hug. So I started to like do stuff like that where it was just like, I wasn't really saying anything to anybody. I had to really like talk to myself you're getting me i i, <laughs> like, I, I talk like, to myself all the time bevan hears me in the hallway sometimes <laughs> i actually do talk to myself all the time and but that sort of talk no, yeah no, oh, yeah, no, no. yeah that's but it's, the but it's, work but it's also pushing myself too yeah, yeah. you just hear me talking to alexa sometimes yeah. but i <laughs> that no, is true yeah and she's like <laughs> laughing in the hall but alexa, no i get, my I life get pushing yourself to do the work mm-hmm. mine necessarily wasn't in the food thing mm-hmm because I have different food things. Like yeah. I, I think about it all yeah. the time too. And yeah. I try to do right by me, mm-hmm. but it's in like pushing me to keep going or like inspiring myself. Yeah. But you were pushing yourself to, to love yourself too. Yeah. And to say like, you can do this and get through this. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I felt like it was like, I had to keep pushing myself to accept myself and to like myself and then to love myself. And I also felt like this time gaining the amount of weight that I gained, because I gained 70 pounds and I still have that on, like not all of it. I, I lost like 20. That's how I reversed my diabetes too. I also felt like I've stayed at this spot too because I had some more acceptance to do in this body. Because every time that I gained 20, 30 pounds, the most I had ever gained after that was 50 during a binging uh, process. I had gotten hurt and I wasn't dancing for a couple, like, like, couple months. I literally only did it as revenge. Like every time I've lost the weight that I was gaining from going through eating, I was doing it as an, a revenge. It I was wasn't a place of love. It, it wasn't. It was never a place of love. It was always to prove to somebody something else. Mm-hmm. I've done that my whole life. I've had to prove to whomever of whatever that like you should have never played me. You should have never counted me out. You should have never left me like those things. Watch of, this. Watch this and like show and like need the validation of that and this time for me it's been a slow like a slow ass process because i'm not doing it from that place because that's real change yeah because if i let if i do it from that i could do it from that place i could do it from that place easy i know that place i know how to harshly talk to myself for me to do something and i wanted to stand up to myself i wanted to be with me and show up for myself and say things like, but today we're not doing that also. Because there is still the thing of 
like you said, with like addiction and how you cope, what your brain goes to, how your habits are now. Yeah. So there is still that. That's definitely something you've tricked your brain into doing. So now you need to set like boundaries for yourself. But I just needed to be with self in that process. And I was that's doing the therapy. Yeah. That's sustainable. And that's the thing that'll last forever for you. That's mm-hmm. the thing you always have that no one can take away from you. And I also... I remember saying this to my friends. I said to my friends that there were some changes I needed to make and I was struggling with those changes and I've never really asked anybody to help me with this. And I want to ask you in whatever way you see fit that doesn't interrupt whatever you have going on to be there for me because I need that. And like, that's so hard for me to say, you know, to actually say it. But you know what? It opened up my throat chakra so much. No, I felt like it. I didn't have to like push food down just to not say shit like that. Just no. to not say it. And also what a gift, right? That mm-hmm. we have all these people around us and we love to hold the weight of everyone around us. Yeah. But then to go, hey, I'm going through this. Can yeah. you help me? Yeah. And yeah. all of a sudden the channels, the portals are opened up between me and you mm-hmm. and you and you. And it's like it's a weight lifted off your shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. Because everybody can't be the person that knows that. My aunt is is she's a therapist. My aunt Michelle Jervis. She's a therapist. And if she wasn't my aunt, she would be my therapist. That's the only person that kind of knows. You know what I'm saying? Like she knows how to watch me. Sure. And kind of like check in and things like that. But my friends might not know that. I also just wanted to know, so you then get this information yeah, and you're doing the personal work to understand what's going on. Yeah. It seems like a pretty big task to like totally revamp how you eat. It is. How did you tackle that? I also had to listen to my intuition. I had been done eating certain things already for years, but I was only doing them by habit and food is a drug. It's a full out drug. People think drugs are only like Coke and like, no. Food is a drug and we all do it, especially if you live in America. Your whole life centers around food. You're happy. Eat food. You're sad. Eat food. It's your birthday. Let's go eat. Like I'm Italian. Like that's hello. You see, (laughs) you cope. Here's some. Yeah. Yeah. Here you go. Oh, great. Here you go. You're here. You arrived. Here's a plate of appetizers. Oh, great. Before you even say like, hello, like it's just like family's trying to like feed you and put something in your mouth door. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like one of those things where I had to look at the things that I was done eating. I had to be realistic, realistic about the things that I wasn't done eating. Super realistic. And what I did also, too, was when I would have times when I would overeat or when I would binge, I would say to myself, this is what I'm allowed and I'm pulling this out now. So I kept pulling things out slowly. And I remember telling my therapist that and she was just like, you just did half of the work. It was about getting the information also of what was going to change my diabetes. And it was all the things I was binging on. So it was like, if I don't binge on this, I'll be fine. But these are the things I'm overeating on. These are the things I'm overindulging in. And this is what's causing this. I took some of the blame off myself, too, to change my eating habits because your eating habits come from when you're a kid. And again, see what we said about like the family and the dinners and the this and the that. Nobody was really thinking about a lot of these things in the 80s and 90s. No, it was here's your here's your TV dinner. Exactly. With all this sodium in it. And like, do you want a Twinkie afterwards? Yeah. Or three. Everything. (laughs) Everything. So it was just like. I had to stop blaming so much of it just on this period. I also had to look at like science of this shit is building up in you and in all of us. Cause like there's, I forget the statistic, but a lot of us are pre-diabetic and don't even know it. So I had to like 
get off my back a little bit of that. But I just had to write everything out, see what I wanted to do, see what was realistic. I had badgered myself into eating healthy all these years. So now I just had to pick and choose what I liked and then be open to trying other things. It was really important for me to say that nothing was off limits. I just started to do that like the past like two years. I have to say to myself, if I really want it, Mm -hmm. You can have it. Yeah. Because if I told myself I couldn't have it, there would come a day where something would go wrong emotionally and I was face deep in it Mm -hmm. and just going for it Mm -hmm. till I was sick. Oh my gosh. It's so crazy because you know, it's funny. People don't realize when you're recovering from something, you're recovering still. It takes a while. So I think it was two days ago. I was like visiting my financial advisor. We were talking about stuff and I have this big goal and I was like, oh, I'm getting discouraged. I'm getting discouraged. I can't, I don't know how I'm going to do this. You know, how am I really going to be Oprah? How am I really going to like, like, how is this really going to happen? And she's like, no, don't get discouraged. And I left and then I saw all the spots. I felt it and I was like walking to the train and I was like, here's the moment where I'm not even going to like restrict you. What do you want to do? And I kind of walked and I and I literally had a conversation with myself like, oh, yes. Remember, this is when you feel like this is coming on. This is how you feel about when you put on restrictions about yourself. You're only wanting to do this because you're upset and you're mad and you're feeling like a little bit of sadness towards other things. Okay, cool. So let's let this pass for a little bit. And I had to learn really what you said about restriction because all I do is restrict. But how amazing was that moment for you? Yeah. And I went home and I made my dinner. Yeah. And I was fine. Any of the, I was going to say, did you, go, you didn't go to <laughs> like, any of those places? No, I was fine. Because it's like one of those things where you have to, I also have to be okay with the fact. I wasn't okay with the fact that, yeah, I reversed diabetes. Yeah, I've been eating better again. Yeah, what? but I have to be okay with the fact that there's going to be a back and forth. So I just have to be like, like you said, like limber. And I just have to flow with that. But I can also stand up and say, you know, there are days when I'm just like, today that's not what we're doing. Like, I, I I hear you. It's all good. I, you got ten more minutes, and then Girl, I gotta go. Yourself too. Yeah, and like, and you're allowed those little like one or two times. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, not overindulging. Yeah, like you said, but you still can allow yourself yeah. to treat yourself. Yeah, I have to. I had to learn to accept that right now. This is my life. My life does consist of me saying and doing things that might not be what somebody else has to do. Because that used to always make me feel weird. I understand that, you know, like this person, someone's drinking next to me or someone's eating this and they next can to me do the whole thing. Doing, yeah. 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 But I, I have to have this conversation with myself and I used to feel like embarrassed. I really don't give a fuck anymore what anybody thinks <laughs> like yeah. because because yeah. nobody's going to be with me if I have if this diabetes wouldn't have gone away. If I have, you know, like no. nobody's there for that. No. Nobody's with me. And we can't see, going back, we can't see everybody else's struggle. Exactly. Theirs may not be the champagne, the red meat. Yeah. Theirs may be something totally different yeah. underneath the... Like, we just have no... Their stuff, their yeah. issues, their... Yeah. Pro- like, everybody has their own thing. thing. Well, that was amazing. Thank you for letting us go deep there. Thank it's you. really cool. You guys Incredible. are like... I feel like you guys are also the first to interview me about this and actually share it. Because people always will interview me and ask me stuff about this. But, you know, they chop it up and then they want the glittery part still. 
And no, we want the we want the we want the <laughs> meat, want the real stuff. Yeah, we're not about the roses and laughter. No. We're about the real stuff. Yeah, yeah. Kind of wrapping everything up. Talk to us about the future of TIFF. Where do you see yourself going, and how you map out your future plans? I know you were sitting with your financial advisor. We love that, <laughs> but you know where you see yourself going and where you're at right now. So I have a wellness series, and it's called Look In versus Look In. Like, look inside yourself versus, like, looking all around for everything. Oh, I love that. Looking versus looking. Look yeah. Love that. You can follow us at looking versus looking. So it's at look underscore in VS and then looking, no G, so L-O-O-K-I-N. And it is based around music, movement, and meditation. So pretty much the things that have, like, gotten me to this point over the past, like, years. We've done events in New York, L.A., Vegas, the Rocky Mountains. We've partnered with Erie Brand and took over their store. We've done stuff with Sage Wellness and took over their store. I'm celebrating my anniversary this weekend, so it'll be one year since Looking versus Looking. Congratulations! Amazing. So that yes. that is something that is will be coming to more cities. We'll be doing more things, and we donate the proceeds to the Girl Circle, which is an organization that serves underprivileged girls in the Bronx and the Greater New York City area, and that is run by my aunt Michelle Jervis. She's been doing the Girl Circle for ten years. Your family, by the way, so I'm trying to interrupt you, but I've known like Tangi, we've got Michelle. Who are these women? When can we meet my them? Nana, I love my the mommy, godmother. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, these my women Araya, sound like powerful. Yeah. But yeah, they're just like I've had a lot of good influences around me and just like strength and to see what like that is and to also see like how I want to do it, like what that means for me. We give the proceeds to the girl circle. You can follow us at the underscore girls underscore circle. And I do a lot of work with the girl circle. They're amazing. Uh, we have alumni and our girls currently enrolled and yeah, that's just a lot of the work that I'm doing this anniversary we're having a dance class. So my friend Dijanae Claiborne, she's on tour with Sean Paul right now. But Sean Paul. Yep. <laughs> she's like, <laughs> she's coming um, to host it and teach an international artist named Miriam Castillo. She's going to do art therapy. So art meditation with coloring. Yeah. And then Shauna Marie, who's been with me from the beginning and she does her own thing. She's amazing. She's going to do sound bath meditation. So it's like different movements and then always music. And then there's meditation involved. So that's something that will be growing into something major and bringing it like worldwide. And also I have a web series that I've been working on for so long. It should be out by the end of, I want to say, 2019. If we stick to schedule or beginning of 2020. So that's coming out to scripted or unscripted. This is like a doc. It's unscripted docuseries. Amazing. Yeah. So a lot of the stuff we talked about, it's like just doing that with other people there's a twist to it too so i can't say like everything but you gotta keep some secrets yeah yeah very cool well we are super excited to see what you do with all of your gifts and we can't thank, thank you enough you. for sharing with all of us i think we're all better for having spent a little bit of time with you and i i am too like oh i am so present and so grounded like being here this was everything i needed thank you so much Oh, and follow me at Tiff McPherce, of course. Do how not forget I, that. How can I forget that? Yeah. Follow me on the gram, y'all. Can you spell it for me? <laughs> at Tiff McPherce. So it's T-I-F-F-M-C Fierce. Don't mess it up. <laughs>